0: Welcome to the sermon podcast from North Decatur United Methodist Church, where all are welcomed and included, connected with God and with one another, and sent out in service an invitation to the world. Each week we bring you the most recent sermon from me, Patrick Fall Hipper, or from Guest Preachers. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Preschool graduation, and it was a ton of fun. All of the pre-k kids who were getting ready to go off to elementary school. We had a little ceremony where parents could come. They got a little uh, framed diploma that they could bring with them and have put up in their rooms. And each of them was backed by a beautiful uh, painting that they had done on a piece of cloth depicting who they were. And all of them had their names written in their own handwriting underneath their pictures. It was um, beautiful and it made me think a lot about what happens in a school, what happens in preschool. You know the very first day that kids get dropped off at preschool, and I think this is true in most cases, uh, potentially even high school and college, kids show up with tears in their eyes always. They're scared to leave parents, they're scared to leave the what was normal for them. They're scared to go to a new place. They're scared to encounter a bunch of strangers. They're scared about what might happen in the day and they're scared to lose all of the habits that they had been that had been built up. Now, I don't know that they would say that is what's happening, but I know for my own sake, when I enter into a new space or a new circumstance or a new job or a new experience, I'm flooded with those same kinds of reactions. And it can make entering into a new space and a new season really overwhelming. And I see that too in the preschool, right? Kids come to the school crying um, because they're going to miss what they've known and um, scared about what is going to come. And then by the end of the year, you see some of those same kids crying to be going home because they've been having so much fun in their experience of preschool. And made me think a lot about what happens between those two moments. What happens when you are first introduced to something, and then when you're asked to move beyond that something. And I think in many ways that is mirrored in Scripture. Um, in the second chapter of Acts that Alfreda just read for us, where the disciples, who had been in a version of life that was normal to them, as fishermen and tax collectors and um, all sorts of other things. They had lived a normal life, they had developed habits in that way, and then this figure, this stranger, comes to them and invites them on a journey. And they courageously abandon what they've known, stepping forward on this path that Jesus is calling them on, And they develop over three years really strong friendships and a really strong ethic to walk towards the kingdom of God and they um, develop new habits around how they worship and how they interact with one another, oftentimes getting themselves in trouble with local religious leaders. So they build these new habits and then three years later, catastrophe hits and this leader, Jesus, is arrested then beaten and then crucified, and you see each of those disciples respond to that chaos differently based on their emotional regulatory capacity. You know, some of them go back to their old jobs, try to get through a different to-do list, get back to the last thing that was normal before their lives were swept up in this movement some of them isolate themselves in the upper room for prayer and searching for what might come next i'm sure overwhelmed with all of the possibilities that could come some of them being good and some of them being terrifying and they isolated and prayed and uh, looked forward to what might come next and then some just you know disappear from the story at least momentarily and we see them so we get to see a little bit of the spectrum of human response to um change which is lovely and then we see all of the resurrection experiences when the disciples begin to interact with the resurrected christ and they begin to trust that relationship and for 40 days scripture tells us that jesus um spent every moment with the disciples, and I would assume that also would include uh, the women who were also following, but because of date and time, they just weren't mentioned by name, but we know all of the followers who are closest to Jesus, intimate with Jesus, stayed with him for 40 days, learning from him about scripture, um, uh, learning from him about the ways that the kingdom of God was going to unfold, and beginning to build a new level of trust in what might come next and then again all of that gets thrown out the window on the day that we call the ascension the day that jesus disappears and ascends into the clouds and so between the time of the ascension and pentecost we at least in the church we have about a week period where we acknowledge that the disciples were told to not just get to work, but they were told to go to their upper room to pray and to wait. To wait for the Spirit of God to descend upon their hearts and instruct them for the next chapter of their journey. And that's exactly what they do. They return to their upper room, and they pray, and they wait, and they hope, until Pentecost Sunday comes. And this is where we get to the passage that Alfredi just read for us. All of the disciples are together in an upper room, a sanctuary set apart from the world, around it, they're in their upper room, they're praying, they're singing, they're worshiping, and then suddenly, like a flash, the Spirit of God descends onto each and every one of those disciples. And from that moment forward, They are fulfilling the promise of Christ from the Gospel of John, when he tells them just before he dies, you will do greater things even than me when the Spirit comes. So the disciples have the Spirit descend into their lives, and suddenly they're able to step out of their upper room, speaking the languages of the people in their native tongue, inviting them, instructing them, and encouraging them to join in the kingdom of God as it's being made manifest in the world. And what that meant for them was they were sharing meals together, they were singing and praising God together, they were caring for uh, especially the outcasts among them, but they were sharing all of their resources from the spectrum of wealth into the same pool of funds in order to make sure no one would be left out. So the early church begins from a framework of absolute inclusion of all those who are willing to include all of the people. See, that's important. The exclusion doesn't come um, because of someone doing something right or wrong. Exclusion from the community of God and from the kingdom of God only comes when we start putting boundaries on who it is that God would accept and love more. And that's what the early church becomes, a community of people oriented towards pursuing the love of God through Jesus Christ and caring for those who have been historically held on the margins. And they do that by sacrificing everything, which is really kind of beautiful. So let's get back to the Pentecost story, because I do think it has some instruction for us. I think it has a lot of instruction for us. First and foremost, we all have chapters of lives of our lives each of us experiences things that are disorienting and then we have to create some new sense of order out of that chaos and then we develop into a new normal and then after we've been in that new normal for a while inevitably something will come to bring chaos into our lives and we endure that we walk through that we learn from that and then we have to create We have to work with God to allow a new sense of order and a new sense of normalcy to develop in our lives, and then something will come along and throw our beliefs up into the air or throw our habits up into the air or throw our sense of well-being up in the air, and then we do the work to reconcile that. Each and every one of us has had instances where we have felt absolutely disordered either by the loss of someone close to us, the loss of a a family member, the loss of a job, the loss of just normalcy, or the loss of, you know, um, control over habits that may have become addictions. And then we have an opportunity to grow through that chaos. And what we see in the disciples is a very human very stumbling version of that path where they experience normalcy as we'll use uh, the fishermen as an example they experience normalcy as fishermen their life gets thrown into chaos as they encounter Jesus they develop a new sense of normalcy after um clarifying around who it is that they're following and how they're meant to interact and then they move forward until they experience their next season of chaos and then they build a new sense of normalcy that's what faith is supposed to look like it's supposed to be a meandering path that is walking towards the kingdom of god in the methodist church we call this sanctification it's a process from our conversion our moment of choosing that we will follow after christ because we know that we do not have the strength or the power to change our lives or the world on our own, so we entrust our lives to God through Jesus Christ. From that moment forward, we're on a path back towards the image of God, and it's meandering, and there are a lot of fits and starts, and there's long periods of normalcy interspersed with absolute chaos. And sometimes those moments of chaos can force us into disbelief, and can force us into experiences of alienation um, or force us into experience of profound loneliness and sadness. And we see that modeled in the disciples. They experience some of those same emotions and we see it on the pages of scripture, which is such a beautiful reminder to us. But then they grow through it. And that's the challenge that we have as people of faith We can't create harder and harder boundaries around ourselves to the point where we don't experience new things anymore. That's not a life that I would find worth living. Life is meant to, for better or worse, have little moments of awkward and difficult interaction with the world around us, so that we can grow through new perspective and new experience. It's an important and essential aspect of our faith. So if we are willing to do that, if we can walk through this difficult path, we might find ourselves in a place very similar to the disciples 2,000 years ago who followed the message of Christ into their upper room, much like this one, where they were safe from all the other stuff in the world, a place that was set apart place where they could find a new sense of normalcy, a place where they could pray and anticipate the change that was becoming in their lives. And they did that. They didn't pray to go back to be fishermen. They didn't pray that life would become easy again. They didn't pray that everything uh, that everything would just be fine. They prayed for the Spirit of God to enter into them so that they could continue the work that Jesus had started as he walked this earth and because they were willing to pray not for their own comfort but instead for the power and presence of god in their lives their own faithfulness was multiplied by the experience of the holy spirit descending into them you see how important that is it's really easy to isolate and cut off and become really self-focused and self-driven. There's whole sections of bookstores built around the idea of helping ourselves. And when we need that, that's great. But what it means to be a people of faith is instead to prioritize the kingdom of God and allow ourselves to be transformed into part of that ongoing story allowing the Spirit of God to work through us so that we can have the kind of kingdom impact that God would want us to have, not for our glory, not for um, our satisfaction, but for the, the goodness and the sacredness of our shared community life. What I find perhaps most beautiful about the story of Pentecost as if the disciples all begin speaking in languages that were not their own in order to connect with a group of people who were there in the city of Jerusalem as visitors or immigrants, right? They didn't expect uh, the people beyond the walls of their religious community to come in and speak Hebrew just like them, they didn't expect them to speak Aramaic, they didn't you know demonstrate their faithfulness by only speaking in their religious language and using the kind of uh, uh the kind of language that would alienate people who weren't accustomed to that kind of thought instead they spoke the language of the people who were there and i just think that's so beautiful because it perfectly illustrates what it means to be people of faith, people oriented towards the kingdom of God. Because if it's true that the kingdom of God is big enough for people in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth, or if it's true that the kingdom of God is big enough for us here in North Decatur, and us in the city of Decatur, and us in Georgia, and us in America, and us across the whole spectrum of human experience in the world then it means we have to learn new languages we shouldn't expect the world to learn our language we should go beyond the walls willing to learn the passions and experiences and language of the people who surround us so that we can deepen our understanding of what the Kingdom of God is, and we can provide some sense of comfort, hope, compassion, and grace for people who have been ostracized from their communities for far too long. Pentecost is a beautiful day. It's a a day that we should celebrate every Sunday. Because it's the best illustration of what happens when people of faith allow themselves to be caught up in the movement that God has called us all to be a part of. The world changes. Scripture says 3,000 people experience themselves being caught up in this new and beloved life So I'm grateful today to be in this upper room, and I look forward to the ways that the Spirit of God will call us all out to transform the world in love and grace and hope. May it be so. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon from North Decatur United Methodist Church. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you want to learn more about our church, you can visit us at NDUMC.org.